another week of It's Just My Thoughts, and I'm your host, Mika Reeves. And today, um, I actually have a full show uh, for you today, and it's just me today. Um, so I wanted to, um, I'm going to go back on some stuff and kind of um, give a follow-up on some of the things that I've talked about um, on past episodes. Uh, last week, I had my kid on, so I didn't do any hot topics, so some of my stuff... Um, some stuff I just didn't really address because now time has moved forward and then some stuff I'm going to go back and kind of talk about some stuff. So, um, so yeah, so let's just get into it. All right. So motivational Monday. So I'm actually pulling this from my, um, my mindfulness journal and it's a exercise that I want us to do for mindless Monday. So it starts with a quote. Happiness is a how, not a what, a talent, not an object. And so the exercise is in a few, you know, um, a small paragraph, if you want a few words, basically is as how I made myself happy today. So just take some time and think about that. Journal it. This could be a journal entry. Um, just how you made yourself happy today. All right. So for my black excellence, um, I have a quote from, uh, Congressman John Lewis, um, if you see something that is not right, not fair, not just, you have a moral obligation to do something about it. Um, this past week, we lost two icons of the civil rights movement, uh, Congressman John Lewis and Reverend Cordy Tyndale Vivian. Um, they both were freedom, freedom riders and Congressman John Lewis has been a, considered a moral conscious of Congress because of his belief in nonviolent fight for civil rights. Um, I wanted to, you know, definitely give my thoughts and prayers to the families and also, um, just talk about how, you know, for me, um, you know, we're really starting to see just, you know, us losing huge pieces of our history and, um, huge prominent figures. Um, so it really saddens me and I, and I often wonder, you know, who will lead the younger generation and also the fact that, you know, a lot of these young kids don't even know who these men are and what they did for the black community and what they did just by changing um, the landscape of, you know, um, America, you know, starting to change in that. And, you know, we're in 2020 and we're in the middle of a movement right now as far as like, um, you know, uh, Black Lives Matters and just things like that. And it's like, you know, um, the civil rights movement was in the sixties and, you know, it's, it's sad to see that we're still here and we're still, you know, um, still trying to make change, you know, when it comes to, um, just how we interact with each other and, and just being kind to each other. And it's just, you know, sometimes for me, it's just sad that we're still here, but, um, if it wasn't for, you know, these two men, um, and the work that they did with the, with the civil rights movement, we probably would still be even more behind um, from where we are today. So I just wanted to, um, use my black excellence and acknowledge, um, you know, the passing of, of these two gentlemen and, um, and yeah, so we definitely, you know, lost two amazing people. All right. So let's just go into the, um, hot topics. All right. So I have actually, uh, not too many, but quite a few. My first one I wanted to talk about was, um, so I think it was Thursday, I want to say, or maybe Friday. I don't know which day. Um, 
I saw that Tamar was trending and, um, I'm on social media, but not too much. I kind of bounce around sometimes. And, uh, so I went to go see, you know, what was going on. And they were saying that she was found unconscious, uh, in the hotel and her boyfriend had found her. And apparently she had, you know, drank alcohol and, uh, consumed some, uh, pills. And that just really, 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 um, saddened me. Like I, um, I think she's in recovery. Um, I don't really know much about it because they haven't really said anything about it. They just said kind of like, you know, um, you know, just prayers for Tamar. So I definitely wanted to, you know, um, send my prayers out. And I also wanted to say as well, like I started this podcast because I wanted to talk about, um, mental health and just make it and just normalize it, you know, as much as possible. So, um, you know, some weeks I might say and talk about hot topics. I might say and talk about, you know, absolutely nothing, but for the most part, um, I, it was my goal to just really just highlight and just normalize talking about mental health. And that's what I try to do. And so when I see things like this, these are the reasons why I wanted to talk about it because mental health, you know, and, uh, just people wavelengths of what they have going on is so very important. Um, I've had conversations with my kid. I have conversations with my friends. Like if you ever see someone that's even mentioning suicide or taking their lives or anything like that, um, you definitely need to say something. You definitely need to take it serious. Um, I feel like honestly in this day and age with the level of pressures that, celebrities and not in non-celebrities you know all of us have um suicide is it's crazy to say but I feel like it's kind of become like it's starting to become like a new normal of you know people just wanting out of this life um and so you know it's something to take very serious and so when I saw that I was really saddened for her and I'm just praying for her and her family and hopefully um she would get the healing that she need and the help that she needs. And, you know, um, and I, I'm, I know that she's surrounded by, you know, all her loved ones, but that was just really, um, sad when I saw that. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to at least say something about it, but, um, you know, mental health matters and talking and checking on people and all of those things. Like I, I tweeted the other day and I was like, check on your village. You know, you need to have a village, you need to have people around you, but definitely check on people around you. Okay, so a couple weeks ago, I talked about Kanye West announcing that he's running for president. Um, So uh, this week, they announced that he dropped out of the race. And here's the thing, like, that I was saying to y'all. I'm personally, I used to be the biggest Kanye fan. I said this a couple episodes ago. um, And I'm I'm not anymore. Uh, I think that, um, I think that he needs help for his... Uh, mental health condition. I think people need to stop making excuses for the behaviors that he does. I think um, the behavior that he does is very irresponsible uh, because he does have people that, um, you know, like his, like the words he say matters, you know, and as much as you don't want to think they do, they do because he literally made headlines for weeks about him running for presidency that in, in, in July, um, that he didn't, and he didn't even uh, do any paperwork to run, and he said a lot of just crazy shit. And so, I think I have it somewhere. Let me see if I can. I think I saved this somewhere. Yeah, I do actually have it. Um, okay, so he did an interview. 
where he states that he's running for president in 2020 under a new banner, the birthday party with guidance from Elon Musk and and an obscure vice president candidate. He's already chosen like anything I've ever done in my life says Wes, I'm doing, I'm going to win. All right. So then he says that he no longer supports president Trump. I am taking the red hat off with this interview. He also states that he was okay with siphoning off black votes from the Democratic nominee, thus helping Trump. I'm not denying it. I just told you to say that black that the black vote is a Democratic, is a form of racism and white supremacy. He also states that he's never voted in his life, that he was sick with COVID in, in February, that he's suspicious of a coronavirus vaccine terming vaccines the mark of the beast, that he believes Planned Parenthoods have been placed inside cities by white supremacists to do the devil's work. That he also envisions a White House organization model based on the secret country of Wakanda and Black Panther. All right. So here's the thing. After he did this interview, and I can't remember who he did this interview with, then they come out and say, um, well, he's in the middle of a manic episode. And here's the thing. Like, I, I don't know if he is, isn't, whatever. I, I don't know. Um... I do think that um, I watched the interview that he did with um, Letterman where he spoke of having bipolar and he also spoke of the fact that he doesn't take his medication, which you see a lot, um, you know, in some of these cases. I think that the people that are, you know, that surround Kanye and things like that, I get that he's like his own person. And I'm sure Kanye seems pretty difficult to probably rein in. But the thing is, is that he should be on some level of medication and he should take you know, take care of his, um, mental health because the things that he say and do to me is problematic. Um, it's really fucking annoying. You know, I don't know if he wanted attention or what. I know that I read that he hired 180 people to go down to like help him and go down and like try to get his name, get, try to get his name on like the Florida ballot. Um, it's just fucking crazy. Just, I mean, just the, the situation is just crazy. Like I, I, here's the thing. I don't know anybody in their right mind. And this is what's scary about the thing is that, you know, I just be reading comments and like perusing the internet that people actually considered, you actually would consider Kanye West as the president. Kanye West, who, you know, at the end of the day, he, we already know he has a mental health condition that he does not take, um, his medication for, which he said out of his mouth. Um, supposedly he goes in and out of these manic episodes. You know, they released a statement saying that he was in one right now. I don't know if that's true or not, but this is what, you know, was said. Um, he's a narcissist. Uh, he wants to base the country and, and have it running like a Wakanda type place. And Wakanda's not real. Uh, Black Panther was a movie in the Marvel universe. So I don't get how people really considered him and on on top of the fact he never actually was running the fact people actually were taking him serious is just it's scary y'all like people like y'all need to wake the fuck up on what's going on and the world that we're living in right now that this shit has actually been taken serious so this week chance the rapper basically started tweeting and like basically endorsing kanye and it's like, here's the thing with people. I, I totally get it. You know, that's your friend. Y'all cool. But you can't really be serious. That like, that's my whole thing with people. Like, you can't really be serious. So then, you know, he quickly, uh, you know, try to backpedal out of that thing when people are like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? 
And so, I don't know. I, I, I thought Chance Rapper was really losing on that one. Uh, he, he did try to backpedal out, but uh, I just feel like, you know, um, I don't know. Kanye has an album coming out. Um, I don't know if he's just doing this stuff for attention. A part of me feels like he was serious, though. Um, I don't know. So, all right. The next one I want to talk about was, um, the protest for Breonna Taylor. Um, this, this whole, this whole case, and I haven't talked about it much anyway, and I should have, um, I should have talked about this a long time ago about the young lady that was killed, um, in her home by the police. And you know, what's crazy is that, uh, I think 87 people went to the governor's house and they protested in front of his house. And, um, Portia from Real Housewives of Atlanta was there. It was some football players there. Yandy from Love and Hip Hop was there. Well, they all were arrested, um, I guess for trespassing or I think trespassing, I guess, cause they were, I think they were on in the, his lawn. And this is what's crazy to me, right? You, you run up in this lady's house, uh, unlawfully and it was a mistake. You were in the wrong house. You shot and killed her. Um, uh, it's rep- reports coming out now stating that she was shot eight times. You left her to bleed out, um, for 20 minutes and didn't call for help. Um, she was an EMT worker. So, you know, she was one of your own, you know, you know, uh, another person in service. And, um, you actually create a law that forbids the type of, um, situation to happen again. Uh, you know, so now it makes it illegal to basically bust up into my house and, you know, do, um, the way they did Brianna's house. And it's crazy that you can do all of these things except for hold the people accountable who, killed, killed the young lady. And, you know, I say this all the time, but I'm like, you know, it's just really, really, really fucking scary. And it's really scary when you sit and think about situations like this, because that's why people are so passionate about it, because it's like, you got to keep the same energy and justice definitely should be taking place. And the fact that it's not, and you're doing all these other things, instead of holding the people that did it accountable, it's horrible. Like, I, I think that was probably one of the most, um, besides Sandra Bland, I think Breonna Taylor has been one of the most, um, heartbreaking stories for me. Um, especially from the standpoint of, like I always say, I think the black woman is the most unprotected, um, person in America. I think people really, you know, just don't care. And this is an example of it because you, you murdered that lady, you know, in her home while she was asleep. And, um, somebody should be held accountable for it, you know, and that's just really how I feel about it. Um, I don't know. So I wanted to finish this by talking about Meg Thee Stallion. Now I don't fully know the story because no, nobody really knows the story. And, um, it's kind of weird, but this is an example too of what, you know, kind of what I was just talking about. Um, so Meg Thee Stallion, um, was shot twice in the foot by Dare Sam by Tory Lanez. Um, I don't know if this was some kind of like domestic situation or cause apparently what I read was that, um, he was mad that she wanted to leave and let off shots at her. Um, and, and that's all they've really said. So I don't really know, um, what exactly, you know, um, happened there, but the whole situation is just fucking crazy. So last night I was sitting, um, and I was just reading or whatever. And this is the thing that, that kills me. Right. Um, so 50 cent who always, you know, has something to say, or he, you know, 
um, always joking on someone or always like doing like this tragic shit. Like, well, you know, he goes and he, um, puts up some memes and stuff like that on the internet, making fun of Megan Thee Stallion for getting shot. So I, I don't, I, I don't know why people support 50 Cent. Um, I think he's tragic. I mean, he's made so many comments about just how, you know, black women are difficult, like how he doesn't fuck with black women. You know, majority of black women are the ones that's watching power. I don't watch power. I just wouldn't even support the brand anymore at this point. But Meg Thee Stallion um, tweeted and said, black women are so unprotected and we hold so many things in to protect the feelings of others without considering your own. It might be funny to y'all on the internet and just another messy topic for you to talk about, but this is my real life and I'm real life hurt and traumatized. And I felt that when she wrote that, because I'm like, I, I don't get, um, how this shit is funny. Like her getting shot in general. Um, and so when I saw that, when I saw this and then like for her to have to say that it just saddens me because it's just like, people don't realize like the level of, um, shit that some women have to go through. And we don't really know the situation. We don't really know what happened. They haven't really said, but either way she was shot. And so it's not something to make fun of or, um, make light, you know? So I wanted to, um, you know, say something in regards to her as well. And just, you know, um, hopefully she has a speedy recovery. Um, I don't really know what happened with between her and Tory Lanez, but hopefully she, um, don't really associate herself with him anymore either. Um, I don't know. So, all right. So for the thought of the week this week, um, I wanted to circle back on the, uh, Jaden will situation. And I wanted to kind of like give you some of my, uh, thoughts in regards to it. Um, I talked about it a few weeks ago, but, uh, she actually brought herself to the red table. So I kind of wanted to, um, just give a few of my thoughts on it and what resonated with me in the interview and what did I think about it? So let's just get into it. All right. So I went to, for the thought of the week, uh, talk about the Will and Jada situation and what did I think about it? I will say, uh, I just personally think that it's unfortunate that they like my takeaways from the red table talk was that you can tell that they really didn't want to sit down and really have the conversation. Um, I, I personally feel like, you know, um, August has his truth and I feel like, you know, you can't sit and say that somebody can't say anything or whatever, but I just kind of feel like, you know, I don't really know the point of why, why he felt the need to, um, say whatever. I also think that, um, I think that he, um, I think he's hurt and I think that, uh, you know, it's unfortunate because, you know, when you get in situations like this or you make yourself available to somebody that's never going to be available to you, um, you can be a casualty at war in a sense. And so I think that what, that's what August was and is. And I said, I said this a couple weeks ago. So my mind really hasn't changed after watching the red table talk about how I feel. Um, and some things from that, from the interview actually, you know, really, 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 um, resonated with me in regards to some of the things she said. And I think that she really dropped Jada really dropped some nuggets that I think people just kind of glazed over. And I think if you actually would have listened to what she said in some parts, um, it made a lot of sense to me personally. So I'm going to play uh, a little clip of it. Um, and then I'm going to talk about, 
talk about it. Interaction uh-huh. with August. What do you feel like um, you were looking for? I just wanted to feel good. Mm-hmm. It had been so long since I felt good and it was really a joy to just help heal somebody I think that has a lot to do with my codependency which is another thing that I had to learn to break in the cycle just that idea of needing to fix and being drawn to people that need help whether it's your health or whether it's your addictions, Mm -hmm. there's something about that childhood trauma Mm -hmm. um, that feels as though it can be fixed through fixing people Mm -hmm. versus fixing me. Yeah. Okay, so that was the clip. That was the part in the interview for me that um, made me kind of you know, sit up a little and, you know, pay, pay a little more attention to mainly because I totally understood everything that she said. And I think that's why people are having such a disconnect and they're like calling her, like saying that she prayed on him and all that. I don't, I don't feel that way. I think that now do, do I think, you know, in retrospect, like, should she have, you know, gotten to an entanglement with August? No. And the only reason why I'm even saying that is only because clearly, you know, he wasn't really somebody that was going to be able to handle a situation like that. So no, I don't think that she should have gotten into an entanglement with him because he couldn't handle it, you know, which is why, you know, now they're in a situation now where they have to explain, you know, what's going on and all these things when it really should have been a private matter between the two of them. If they were, you know, uh, in a relationship, having sex, doing whatever. I think it's some, some things should be left to where it's private. You know, I've, um, you know, been involved with people before in the past and things like that. And it's like, I would never, you know, um, speak on it to somebody else, you know, uh, just cause I think it's a, it's, it's a level of privacy, right? All right. So, um, what resonated with me at this part was that, um, I totally understood what she was saying. Uh, I've spoken about this, uh, on one of my episodes, but, um, you know, I've had a high level, me personally of childhood trauma. And so, you know, I always felt like, um, before, you know, I started therapy and things like that is actually what led me into therapy because I wanted to kind of get an understanding of, um, honestly, I got tired of being unhappy and I didn't know what was making me unhappy. Like I had no clue why I was unhappy. I just knew that, um, I wasn't happy with, you know, myself, um, the people that I was choosing to love, the things that I might've been tolerating, even like from a friend or family standpoint, um, and just the way I was allowing myself to be treated. Um, I was unhappy with it and I didn't really know how to fix it. Right. So, um, that's what led me to therapy, uh, where I wanted to, um, go and work on myself and figure out the the questions, the answers to these questions that I had. So when she said that basically she had the need to want to fix people, that's basically what I was doing. So I would see, like I would get with people that basically had, um, and not necessarily issues, but like there was something that was broken in them. And so it almost was like, you know, I was, I had my brokenness, they had their brokenness. And then somehow we, you know, we came together right? Pretty much every relationship I've been in, um, has pretty much been like this. Um, 
And so when you keep having the, the repetition of the same scenarios of, you know, um, things like that, like you have to start, you can't, you can't blame others. You have to kind of look at yourself and ask yourself, why is it that I'm, I'm continuing this behavior and why is it that I have these behaviors? That's what I started to ask myself because I didn't know why and I wanted to know why and I, and I want to fix it. You know, I want to fix it to where, you know, I'm whole. And so what I realized was you can't go into relationships one fourth of a person, one half of a person. You have to come into a relationship whole and you should want to come into a relationship whole with another whole person. If there's a level of brokenness or unevenness there, then a relationship is going to be pretty much doomed from the beginning because you have to, you have to spend that time on yourself. And what I realized with me was that, um, and this is basically what Jada said, like I didn't fully love myself. Um, and I had a lot of, I think I had low self-worth. And so because of that, you know, it was easy for me to get into a relationship where I wasn't getting a hundred percent, you know, or, you know, I'm doing things in a relationship, um, that probably wasn't me giving a hundred percent, but just me speaking on myself, like I entered these spaces knowing that like, um, I wasn't going to be able to get all the things that I necessarily needed from the situation. And so, um, so in my mind, I thought like, well, if I fix them and I help them with their issues, then they're going to do all of these things to make me happy because now they're happy. So now they'll do things to make me happy. And the thing is, it's like what I had to learn and what's made my life so different now present day was that I had to do things to make myself happy. I had to learn to love myself. Like now I can kick it with myself all fucking day and I'm, and I'm just, and I'm completely in bliss. Like I can, like I'm solid in myself. Right. But before, um, I didn't like being alone. You know, I couldn't be alone. You know, um, it was scary for me. It was just a lot of things, you know, where it took for me being alone to where I was like, okay, like I, I started realizing I had some issues there because I couldn't be alone. So in my younger years, you know, I would bounce from relationship to relationship and, or I was, uh, toxic in the relationships, you know, um, highly sexual. So I was, you know, doing things that, you know, wasn't the best behavior. You know, I was, I was cheating in relationships. Um, it was just a lot, it was a lot of things that I was doing, but I was broken. Right. And then, so with that brokenness, it can make you do dumb shit. And I personally think, and what I gathered from the red table talk, in my opinion, was just that Jada was not in a good place. Her and Will relationship was pretty much going to be, they felt it was pretty much going to be broken um, forever. And like, they were going to break up. Um, a lot of people, because divorce is so normalized now and they just think it's no big deal. It is a big deal. And they were together since 97. So that's a long ass time to be with somebody, have, you know, a family, children, a life with this person. And then you're slowly seeing it, um, dissolve. So that in itself can be a level of trauma. That can be a level of hurt there, which she spoke of. And so a lot of people wanted, when she made a statement saying she just wanted to, um, you know, like be happy, have fun and things like that. Like, well, what, you know, she basically said, I wanted to feel good. Right. And so when she came across him, you know, she kind of poured herself into situation with trying to help heal him. 
And in turn, you know, I think she felt like this was going, like her getting that satisfaction was going to heal her. But instead she realized that she needed to heal herself before she could be anything to somebody else. And I thought it was very honest. I thought it was very open. And it's like, I think people wanted her to talk strictly about the fact that, you know, they were in this quote unquote entanglement and all those things. But to me, like that shit really didn't matter. I, I personally didn't think it mattered because I know I, I've done dumb shit before. I think the the mistake of it all that she basically still was giving August the respect of and she didn't want to say what she was just like, you know, basically she should have never got involved with him um, in the first place. But I personally understand how it's easy to fall into something when you're not really quite thinking all the way and it might not be the smartest shit in the world probably not but it can very well happen and shit like that happens all the time and that was just that's still my viewpoint so I don't think that she preyed on him I don't think that um she went into this thing like with ill will or anything like that against him I just think that when you're broken and then the fact that he had brokenness is easy for things to kind of like you know go in a different um you know um go into a different space. Um, also the fact that, you know, her marriage is breaking and things like that. Like sometimes, you know, you're not thinking about the next few months. She could have just been thinking about the, the moment that she was in right at that moment. And, um, so I don't know. I didn't, um, I just didn't view it the way people did. And I, I just feel like I had a different perspective on it because, um, you know, I've been in very dark and low, you know, places where, um, I haven't always made the right decisions. And honestly, like I haven't always been good to people that I've dated, um, or just involved, involved myself with. I mean, I, you know, one day I'm probably going to sit and just bear my soul to y'all and tell you all my stories. But, um, well, I mean, I feel like I've told y'all a lot, but you know, just in general, you know, but, um, I've had to go back in my life and like apologize to people, you know, because I felt like, um, what I gave them was really unfair and that they deserved more. And that's more so what I mean. Like, I just more so feel like, you know, um, sometimes in the space that you're in and, the and where you are mentally, you know, things like this can just happen. And so, um, I just didn't really think the whole like relationship thing was like that hard to like, that wasn't crazy tea for me. Um, and I actually really appreciated the, uh, her coming to the red table talk and just having a conversation and actually acknowledging like, you know, um, things that she needed to work on and that she needed to, um, learn to make herself happy and not do that through other people. She had to do that by herself and take that personal journey, um, herself. And, uh, like I said earlier, I mean, my personal journey has been my therapy journey the last couple of years. And it's why I started this podcast It's why I have these conversations, because when you start really breaking down the why of yourself, you know, um, how did I, or the how to, how did I get myself in this shit? Like, what am I doing? And all those things, when you start really dissecting yourself and being honest with yourself, that's when you really see, um, growth. And like, so for me, when I watched this, I saw growth in her because she was honest. She spoke her truth 
And, um, yeah. So is it, is it more to the story that we probably don't know? Sure. Probably, you know, I don't really think they owed us the conversation to begin with, you know, and I thought it was cool that they actually came and said something. I don't really think they owed us that. I think it's something that probably should, should have been private between them. And I think it's a situation that probably should have been private between August and Jada. And that's my opinion. I don't know. But, um, I think that when you stop lying to yourself and start having those conversations with yourself, um, you know, that's when you're really going to see growth. That's what I think personally. Um, and when I stopped lying to myself, that's when I've, you know, finally started to see growth in myself. Like when I actually sat and said like, okay, I have some brokenness here that I need to address. You know, I think for a long time, I don't even think I acknowledged or was mature enough to acknowledge that, um, there was some brokenness there. They needed some healing that I'm still healing. You know, I still, um, you know, have my days and I still, you know, go through, um, I still go through things, you know, but I really take therapy really serious. Um, it's something that, um, that's probably going to be a part of my life forever. And it's something that, um, I think everybody should have a level of, you know, um, a therapist, a spiritual advisor, whatever, you know, um, that you can just talk to, um, to help, you know, with your healing. Cause we all probably have something in us that we probably need to be healed. But, um, that's all I had this week for the thought of the week. Um, and so I went to, uh, I did want to dip back and, and talk about this entanglement, but, um, but yeah. So, uh, if you have any thoughts you want to share with me, you can always hit me up on, uh, you know, social media and we can continue the conversation. Um, on my, so follow my social media guys. Um, my Twitter is at IJMT podcast. My Instagram is at, it's just my thoughts underscore podcast. Um, if you ever want to email me, uh, you can email me at, um, IJMT podcast at gmail.com. Um, we, I did have the show added to, um, other networks. So I think I'm on pretty much every streaming network now. So if you're not, um, you know, following, so just follow, subscribe, so you can get the updates to the shows, uh, leave feedback. If you haven't done that already, uh, you know, rate the show that would be greatly appreciated. Uh, but yeah, that's all I have for you. So I uh, thank you so much for listening. It's Mika here and I appreciate you.